This week on episode 79 of the Odd Dad Out podcast, I'm answering the question, what do I have in common with my dog? And I'll give you a hint, it has to do with a scale. On a similar note, almost all of this week's news actually pertains to breakfast food. I've got garlic coffee, cops confused by donuts, a shortcut to chicken and waffles, and a little green something that'll help your appetite. Of course, all that food left me with only one choice for this week's recommended listening feature. It's the Resto Rant podcast. Evening on that old podcast in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, as always, the highly caffeinated Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. And this is the show where I share my twisted little view of things and share personal stories and make fun of weird news shit. And I wrap it all up with my recommended listening feature, a podcast I think you need to listen to because I just love sharing the things I love. What can I say? I'm a giver. So thank you very much for tuning in this week. I, like I said at the top, uh, funny little bit this week. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned in the past that our dog actually has a thyroid condition. Uh, incidentally enough, the same one my wife has. Uh, both of them are on, I can't pronounce this medication, but the, it, uh, it amounts to, he's, for about the last uh, three, four months, he's been on quite aggressive uh, uh, thyroid pills. Incidentally, we recently found out he's a, he's a Dalmatian lab, which, you know, it sounds pretty dopey. The name is even more. It's, it's the official name for a Dalmatian lab is a Dalmador, which sounds pretty dopey. And he is. But um, our, our, our great big cow dog, Emmett, has a thyroid problem. Um, Dalmadors are apparently number 11 out of 3,000 tested breeds with a uh, predisposition for thyroid issues. But all that being said, it causes severe weight gain, makes him lethargic. Uh, it, it causes a lot of like both kind of like cloudy headed faculties. It make you know makes it you know when when you're a great big dog and you've got cats around and you don't chase the cats and things like that. He just over the years he's gotten very. We always chalked it up to he's just getting old and lazy and fat. And then we found out, oh, shit, he's got a thyroid condition? Dogs can get a thyroid condition? Uh, but for the last few months, we've had him on uh, medication for it. And not only did they work, they worked better than we could have possibly thought. Because, you know, they, they tell you when, you when you go in for, you know, when you go into the doctor or when you take your dog, whatever, you know, they always tell you, you know, we have to observe them and we're going to do blood tests and we're going to see, you know, there may not be any noticeable results for a few months while their system reacclimates to it. Seriously, within a week or so, 
Emmett started dropping weight like crazy. It was, he just started like, what the hell? He's just, it's, it's falling off of him. Uh, you know, like I said, thyroid conditions cause severe weight gain. It, it kind of messes with your body, with your metabolism and your way to process everything and, and all of that. It really screws everything up. And so this was a dog who he's around nine years old now. So he's an older dog already, but, and again, we chalked everything up to, he's just old and lazy, but we had, he was 137 pounds at the time we started him on his meds. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, Short of being a bull mastiff, that's a heavy dog. Uh, we actually had thought he had Cushing's disease, which in dogs causes, you know, weight gain and gets very puffy and lethargic and a lot of the same symptoms, uh, can be attributed to Cushing's. And we're like, we took him in and we're like, nope, negative for Cushing's, but we want to test him for thyroid because it has very similar, like the, the physical symptoms are the same. Sure enough, thyroid problem. Get him on meds. Okay. Well, you know, oh, after a month, they're like, oh, we're going to do a blood test to see if it's working, all this stuff. In the first month, he had dropped 10 pounds. And, you know, 10 pounds on a 140-pound dog, not physically noticeable. Well, you come back a few months later, and a few months later, and a few months later, every month, it's another 5, 10 pounds he's dropped. Well... Just this week, we went in, and he was 98 pounds. Our dog has lost 40 pounds in about four months. That is just insane. And they they were just shocked at the vet, just the idea that he had, you know, they're like, there are other dogs that have this problem. And they're like, yeah, it'll be six months before you see moderate weight loss and in his case it just dropped it melted off of him and we'll we'll also chalk that up to uh, a side effect of these meds and i think i've talked about it here i'm not sure uh but a side effect of these this medication is it actually causes a sensitivity to gluten which seems really weird that a medication would do that well, we discovered that with my wife. Again, she's taking basically the same medication, just different dosage. And so we noticed when she started having to take these meds, pizza night suddenly made her sick. We eat a lot of pasta. We eat a lot of pizza. And we found that anytime we had any sort of pasta or pizza or, or anything like that, uh, she would basically her stomach would churn and it would really mess her up. For I mean, if she was feeling pretty sick, pretty consistently, because honestly, we have pasta probably two to three nights a week. I make pizza at least once a week, and so it yeah, it very quickly her her body did not like her anymore. I would say she loves she loves carbs. Carbs do not love her back anymore. Which sucks when you're a person who, like, she, she could, we could, you know, be, either of us, we could just sit there and eat a whole loaf of, of fresh bread or a, we could, either of us could just kill a pizza. 
but now her body doesn't like that. And we kind of came to the realization, like we'd noticed Emmett wasn't liking his food anymore. And we were like, well, hmm, I wonder, and it just kind of occurred to me, it's like, well, if you're having a gluten problem, maybe he's having a gluten problem. And so I told her, I was like, I think we need to switch his food. And we ended up having, not that it's an endorsement of any kind, because this shit's expensive and I don't support hippie food, but we ended up having to switch Emmett to the blue buffalo because it's, for the most part, it's gluten-free or at least gluten light. And it's not like uh, they've got celiac disease where, you know, gluten's going to kill them. It just kind of upsets their their stomachs and stuff. And so it's, it's not pleasant. And I get, I get that, but we switched him to the blue Buffalo, which holy fuck is that stuff is expensive. I think we're paying it. I think it amounts to like $2 a pound. We're paying for this fucking dog food. It's, it's ridiculous. And I just, but I can't argue with the results. Um, like I said, he is now down in about four months. He's down about 40 pounds, which is just crazy. For anybody, for a person or a dog, I mean, especially for a dog when you really think about it, but uh, yeah, he's down below a hundred pounds for the first time in probably five years. He's, he's got a ton more energy uh, and he's, which is getting annoying as shit. <laughs> I'm just going to say, it. Uh, you know, standard dog behavior, dragging your butt on the carpet, jumping up on tables, chasing cats, all that crap. He hasn't done that in a long time because he's been too fat. Like, legitimately, he's just been like, you know, he's had problems with joints and things like that because he's just an old labs and Dalmatians both have joint problems. But he's, like I said, so much stuff we just chalked up to. He's just old and lazy and got fat. And now we're like, well, now he's like, as he's losing this weight, he's so much happier and he's. You know, but it sucks because now suddenly he's got the energy and he he's skinny enough now that he's dragging his butt on the carpet again. I'm like, really? You fuck. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's great that he's capable of doing it again, but it sucks that I'm having to clean fucking dog streaks off my carpet. <sighs> he's chasing the cats, which he hasn't done forever. He just kind of had a... You leave me the fuck alone and I'll leave you the fuck alone kind of attitude with the cats. And it's never been like, a, oh, they get along. It's just been a, you know, leave me alone, I leave you alone. And now he's actively chasing the cats again. And I can't totally fault him because my wife's cat is an asshole. But, you know, she'll also say my cat's kind of a bitch. So we're, we're even. But um, it, suddenly he's he's actively chasing the cats around the house. And he's actively trying to steal food off the dinner table again, which he hasn't done in years. We thought we just, you know, fixed his bad habit of wanting to steal food. And I guess it was just a he didn't feel like it anymore. Well, now he's all energetic and shit again. And he's actively, you know, trying to steal food from the boys. We're having a, you know, back in the day, we'd have to put him outside at mealtime. Because if you had something like pizza or hamburgers or all of those really fragrant, just delicious type stuff that you know your dog is going to go for. You know, those things that they flavor dog food and treats like. He would jump up the table and try and steal it. 
he back in the day he actively jumped up on the top of on the stove and ate half of the pizza that was on top of the stove no bullshit now if he does something like that it'll make him sick there was actually a day where sam because somebody left a fucking loaf of bread within reach of the two-year-old he sat there throwing just took a whole loaf of bread and threw it at him and of course he ate it because when sam gives him something he eats everything but he sat there eating a basically he just force fed this dog an entire loaf of bread and uh, about 20 minutes later he threw up a loaf of bread <laughs> oh. and I, I i can't blame emmett he just like us he likes carbs and stuff but they don't agree with the system but you know we stick now we've got him on the blue buffalo and the, the, the low carb or whatever and low gluten and all this crap and he's got all this extra energy and he's he's very much the like the dog that we first met when we moved out here way back when we first moved out here and he was my sister's dog at the time and yeah he's he's getting back to being the old Emmett he's so much he's happier he's you know we uh, snapped some pictures you know he goes to the vet now he's not all bitchy about it he he's all happy and excited to and just going for a nail trim he's all excited and happy and he's happy laying around the house and doing and he's got more energy and it's it's great and and i'm sure at this point you're thinking okay you've rambled on about the fucking dog for for 10 minutes what the hell does this have to do with you well, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I've always been a skinny bastard. Like, always. Like, I was accused of being anorexic in school at some point, um, way back at the time of the incident when all that happened. Because I was so skinny, my doctors all were you know, accusing me of being on drugs. And I've been accused of being on drugs or or having an eating disorder or something. And then people spend time with me and realize that I could eat them under the table. But it's, it's been interesting is like I said, we eat a lot of pasta. We eat a lot of carb, a lot of pizza, a lot of bread. And I guess since I, you know, crossed over 32 in the last year, my weight has jumped. I, as in, I never really held past 120 pounds since high school. Even a year ago, I was still 100 on a heavy day. And I mean a heavy day because my system could kick that shit in. In 24 hours, my weight could fluctuate 3 or 4 pounds because I eat that much. <laughs> I eat that much and I burn that much that fast. Well, in the last... I'd say year, but even less than that, I've gone from fighting for 120 pounds to yesterday I got on the scale and I was 151 pounds. And I realized there are people out that out there that are right there screaming at me, fuck you. I can't, you're bitching about weighing 150 pounds. I'm like, I'm not bitching. I'm not. I'm, I'm happy that I weigh 151 pounds because technically speaking, I've been clinically underweight my entire life. Now, when it comes to clinical and this is a healthy weight and this is what you should, great big fat air quotes, should weigh, fuck that shit. I don't subscribe to that 
body mass index is a lot of bullshit. And anybody who says otherwise, look at the actual science. Don't talk to the doctor, doctors. Look at the science of metabolism. If you go by body mass index, Brad Pitt is morbidly obese. That's the numbers. Body mass index is just a, is numbers and, and percentages and proportions. Um, I've lived on a 3% body mass or body fat my entire life. That's just, I'm a skinny guy. I'm still a skinny guy. I'm, I'm a hair under six feet tall and I've been, you know, 120 pounds most of my life. Um, but now I'm suddenly like, according to the doctors and the experts, I should weigh anywhere from 150 to 160 pounds. And that's with, it's like, and I have a pretty broad frame, oddly enough. I'm, I'm just weird. I'm, I'm a scarecrow. I'm still a scarecrow. Yeah. But I'm now a scarecrow who's about 30 pounds heavier than I've ever been in my life. And it's weird. <laughs> it is weird. And I, I've, I've, it's not like I woke up yesterday and was like, Oh shit, where the fuck does 30 pounds come from? I've been noticing my weight's been going up and in, in the last month or two, it's really jumped, but it was just kind of a shock yesterday. It's like, I don't jump on the bathroom scale that often. I don't weigh that much. I don't think about it, but the boys were playing with it. And so they're like, okay, well the boys are like, how much each of the boys weigh? It's like, Oh, you're this much. You're this much. How much do I weigh? I'm like, that doesn't look right. Maybe adjust the scale. Maybe it's, you know, I'm just going to say, if you have a bathroom scale and you've got tile in your bathroom, you have to make sure that it's on like a single tile because otherwise it fucks it up and, you know, test this out. You know, put your scale on like different tiles. It won't read the same. You have to make sure it's on an even surface. So I'm like, okay, readjust the, the fucking scale. Make sure it's all even. Get on there. Like, the fuck? I'm 151 pounds. When the fuck did I've, I've ne what? <laughs> and it, it freaked me out. And I, t and I texted my wife and I'm like, you won't believe this. And I sent her a picture of the scale <laughs> and she's like, just, it's just a wow. And it very much a fuck you because my wife would kill to be 151 pounds. Well, and it's just, it's, it's, and one of the questions she asked me, are you okay with that number? Like, I'm okay with it. It's just shocking. You know, it is just a, it's a shock to me that, well, the fuck it snuck up on me. This last 10 pounds has snuck up on me. You know, I remember over our summer break, you know, pool party with my brothers and them looking at me when I, you know, my trunks and then playing it with the kids in the pool. I'm like, have you put on weight? I'm like, yeah, I'm about, you know, 15, 20 pounds up. I'm like, wow, <laughs> and these are, you know, these are my brothers. These are guys who've known me my whole life. Never, like literally to this day, even 30 pounds heavier. I still wear t-shirts that I've had since high school. Yeah, I'm that guy, but I'm also that guy. You can still fit into my t-shirts from high school. And, you know, I still wear a medium. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still relatively thin framed. I'm just, you know, building it up a bit more. And, you know, I'm not just going to say, yeah, a lot of it is I have a job that requires a chunk of heavy lifting. So I do have, I've built up a little more mass, but it's, it's, it's funny. I, I am still that guy. You know, my wife gives me shit because I did notice when my pant size went up and that was a little depressing. Like, and again, I'm sorry, ladies or anybody out there who's going to get, who's going to get mad at me. I had a 28 inch waist since high school. 
I was wearing 2832s my entire adult life until about uh, six months ago when I had to go, I'm like, uh, these are a bit snug. I can't fit into these anymore. And I finally had to go up to uh, a 30. And now I've got to, I've put on two inches. I'm like, oh my God, I've got to change my pants. And it was much less about, oh my God, I'm getting fat because fuck, I'm not fat. Uh, I'm never going to, I don't think ever in my life anybody will ever accuse me of being fat. But it was just the shock of, holy shit, I've never had to go up a size in anything before. Yeah, I real, and again, I know there's people out there yelling at me. They're, man, I wish I had your body. Like, I'm just going to say it sucks because I still have that, you know, cricket on crack metabolism. I still burn through food like crazy. I still have to consume a large amount of food. I probably need to, I should dial back the carbs. It's just a lot easier to make a shit ton of pasta when you're having to feed four boys. It just it makes for an easier meal. But yeah, I probably should dial that back and maybe, you know, maybe eat a little bit better and better for me, better for the boys and all that. But it's, it's, it's still a crazy thing. It's just for me, it's a, I, I'm sorry to everybody that I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's just weird. I've never been this heavy. I'm okay being this heavy. It's just, I'm still in a bit of shock. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, it's a new experience for me being in a, a weight realm that is technically normal. Great big fat air quotes again, normal. Because I've always just been a scarecrow bastard, and now I'm almost looking like a human, apparently. I, I can't pass for Jack Skellington as easily as I could a year ago. Uh. <laughs> but, it's okay. And I'm not going to sit here and, and, despair and, and talk crap about anybody and their weight. Because, again, I was picked on for my weight for years, and... That was, you know, I couldn't help it. Really, I couldn't. Uh, you know, there are people who, you you know, different people are built differently. My wife is short and fluffy. She's always going to be short and fluffy. Even if she if she were to lose all the baby weight for, from all four kids, she would still be short and fluffy. And I'm not going to fault her for that. Do I want her to lose weight only because I know she wants to. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh my God, you're so fat. What the hell's wrong with you? Because one, that's fucked up. Two, I love her exactly the way she is. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, I don't call people fat other than in a comedic sense. I don't call anybody fat other than somebody who could take it. If you make fun of your weight, I'm going to make fun of your weight. Why? Because if it's a joke to you, then, you know, I will take the joke that you will offer up. That's, that's, uh, that's me. But I'm never going to maliciously call somebody fat because that's fucked up. I get, we yell at the boys for calling something fat. You know, it is, you know, contrary to spelling around our house, fat is a four letter word. It's, it's, it is in the realm of words you don't use. You don't call things fat. You don't call somebody fat because most of the time when you call something or somebody fat, you're doing it maliciously. You know, and 
So it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to attack anybody on size. And, you know, I honestly, I, I probably do more skinny shaming than anything. I don't know what one of them self-hating kind of people. I don't like skinny. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but <laughs> enough rambling about weight. I'm sure there's people out there that are like, yay, your dog's getting healthier. Fuck you, you skinny bastard. Um, so <laughs> I'll leave that alone and get onto the part that's probably going to just make everybody hungry or not. Uh, let's take a coffee break. Coffee break! Coffee! Yes, it's coffee time! Coffee! Coffee, 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 coffee! Stop fucking around and give me my fucking coffee! So, switching gears a bit. Because it's always around. Uh, my wife, uh, unbeknownst to me, ordered this. I guess you can do that. They do this kind of every year to get flavors out there. This sample pack of the Dunkin' Donuts, like bakery shop. They're basically like they're donut flavored coffees. And so we tried this thing and it's, it's it, the little packet, like you get the little sample bags and it comes, the one we got came with. A, a caramel coconut, which I think is kind of going to be how everybody's been doing Girl Scout cookie flavored stuff. I think that's kind of where it's going. I haven't tried it yet. It's, you know, kind of got that Samoa's flavor, I'm imagining. And then the Dulce de Leche, which is kind of a Mexican caramel Florida flavor minus the coconut. And then I tried because I thought it was probably going to be the one I liked the least. Uh, first thing I tried was this blueberry pancake flavored coffee. And all I can say is it definitely filled the house with the aroma of blueberry pancakes. But when it came to flavor, I'm like, um, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't bad. <laughs> it was definitely, uh, it, it tasted like blueberry pancake smell that's all i could say about this stuff and and i gave my wife a, a, it was like she didn't want it but i was like no you have to try this and she was like here take the cup and i was like, was like it's, it smells like blueberry pancakes and she tried it it told it it tastes like blueberry pancake smell it doesn't taste like blueberry pancakes it tastes like blueberry pancake smell Kind of like artificial banana and artificial grape. It doesn't actually taste anything like the real thing. But you know that it's supposed to be... That that's the flavor they're going for. And it was, it was just weird. And yeah, I'm kind of reviewing a coffee. But at the same time, it's a, it's a me thing. But I figured it's got to be better than garlic coffee. A Japanese man has invented... A, an alternative coffee beverage, you could say, uh, using burnt garlic. Uh, he claims this drink, uh, even though it smells strongly of garlic, apparently, uh, tastes like regular coffee, is completely caffeine-free, of course, because garlic doesn't have caffeine in it. But he, his story basically goes that he was working in a restaurant, he was making a steak, he was... Uh, sauteing some garlic, it burned, he was uh, enticed by the aroma, he ground it up, mixed it with water, and thought, oh wow, this kind of tastes like coffee, and basically started making a coffee 
thing like 30 years later he's like hey i should try to make that copy garlic shit again and so he started producing this burnt garlic coffee stuff i guess he just basically roasts garlic and to oblivion grinds it up and sticks it in little like the prefab drip pot pouch things um and i'm i'm not about to try it but then again it's it's in it's in japan and so i'm i don't trust most food from japan because you know they come up with some weird shit fish sodas and and garlic coffee and i don't remember where in in asia where it was where they were sticking charcoal and coffee but either way no yeah i'm uh, i'm you know if somebody wants to try it like i always say if somebody wants to try this weird coffee other shit go for it let me know drop me an email odddadout at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter or Facebook, whatever the hell you want to do. If you had this weird garlic coffee, let me know. Because I'm like, what's the fuck? But now, <laughs> with all the coffee news out of the way, I'm going to take an actual break. <laughs> and I'll be right back with more food-related news. He's just a guy. He loves to ramble randomly across the wire. It's Gareth. Dude. Bitch. <laughs> so this is what our podcast is normally like. Uh, my name is Gareth. I'm Bex. Why did you say it like that? What? Because I didn't realize you were my... going to leave that in there. <laughs> so I tell you, the mic's live all the time. You're a dick. And you can experience this kind of random shenanigans every week on the other podcast, Gareth's Random Ramblings. You With can find Bex. us... What? With Bex. You get... Fine. It's Garris Random Ramblings. You can find us on iTunes or Spreaker, or you can also check out GarrisRandomRamblings.space. Because Gareth is too cheap for the dot com. He's just a guy. He loves to ramble randomly across the wire. It's Gareth. Hey there, podcast fans. I'm Matt. I'm Joe. And I'm Becky. And every Tuesday, we're getting goofy and geeking out on pre-recorded live. We talk nerdy news, movies, comics, and TV, video games, music, and potpourri. Wait, what? Potpourri? Pine cones and dried wood chips and dried flowers and stuff? No, like, you know, whatever. So I could have just said whatever? I think that's better. Okay, so let's say video games, music, and whatever. So check us out online at prereclive.wix.com backslash podcast iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting app. Don't worry, guys. I'll let that poopery part out. Terrific. Now that we've had our garlic coffee, uh, let's have some donuts. Or is it crystal meth? Apparently, Florida cops aren't sure. Uh, Florida man has been awarded $37,500 after cops suspect donut glaze is crystal meth. So he was arrested during a traffic stop when the officer saw a white substance on the floor of the car and thought it was crystal meth. The lab test came back. It's just donut glaze, like he'd said. And of course, he sued the shit out of the city and they, they settled. But, you know... I, and I realize being suspicious, especially nowadays when there's so many fucking drugs, being suspicious of fucking 
white substances, but I'm pretty sure you can figure out that donut glaze is donut glaze. And yeah, I know you're probably not supposed to sniff the fucking drug suspect or the whatever the shit that, you know, there's so much crap that you're going to have, but I mean, you probably shouldn't taste it. You probably shouldn't smell it regardless of what they show you in whatever you see in movies where somebody, you know, dips their finger in the white powder to test that it's cocaine. I'm pretty sure that just counts as, you know, doing cocaine on the job officer. But I'm pretty sure you can tell what fucking uh, frosting is. It's it's donut glaze, guys. You're, you're police. You're probably pretty familiar with donuts. Yeah, I had to make the cop donut joke, sorry. Because it leads right into the next story. Where a wanted man turned himself in after a Facebook challenge to police. And shows up with a dozen donuts to boot. To boot. Uh, sorry, a Michigan man wanted on probation violation claimed he would turn himself in and bring the police a dozen donuts if they could get a thousand shares on his uh, his post. Uh, after going viral and getting four thousand shares, he kept up he kept his word and he shows up to the police station with a bag of donuts in hand. <laughs> so that that's it's just kind of funny that. You know, the people will say shit like that. Like, oh yeah, so I get a thousand likes and I'll show and I'll and I'll turn myself in. And they're like, well, fine, sure, we'll we'll accept that challenge. <laughs> but you know what? Good on him for for showing up because he could have just been bullshitting. But he was like, hey, I'll do it. And you know, let's let's go through his actual post. He's like, uh, it's like if your next post gets a thousand shares, I'll turn myself in along with a dozen donuts. And that's a promise. And I'll pick up every piece of litter around all your public schools. Let's see if you can get those shares. <laughs> you know what? I don't, It's probably just good for the police department. It gets them attention too. But hey, he showed up. He turned himself in. He brought a bag of donuts. And he still had to go to jail. <laughs> I think he said he had to, he's got to serve like 39 days plus uh, any extra time if he doesn't pay off all of his fines and shit but you know hell good on him <laughs> from donuts we go to waffles or chicken and waffles to be specific a restaurant has been caught reselling Popeye's chicken uh, Long Beach restaurant owner has been getting a lot of heat after it was discovered that the fried chicken on her menu is purchased from Popeye's uh, she claims she's always used pre-made fried chicken for her chicken and waffles because her kitchen isn't actually equipped to make fried chicken. She just doesn't have a fryer. She's not, it's an old, she says it's an old building. We aren't equipped for that. We don't have fryers. We aren't capable of making fried chicken. So I buy it. And I've always, she's just always bought it. And she's just recently settled on. She likes Popeye's fried chicken. She's just, this is the best I, you know, I've ever had. This is the one I prefer. I've reached out to them. I want to try and get it officially done, but I've never, she said in like one interview, she's never made it a secret that she uses outside chicken. She's never claimed she made the chicken. Apparently they bring it straight through the front door. It's like, no, I fucking, I, I don't hide it. We bring boxes and boxes of Popeye's chicken in every day and right through the front door. We're not sneaking around. But 
Yeah, I, I, I see people getting a little ticked because, yeah, you're they're paying a premium. I think it's a, it's like $15 at her place for the chicken and waffles. And they're like, yeah, you could go to Popeye's and just get the... It's like, you're not just getting the chicken. Like, you're getting the chicken, you're getting the waffles, you're getting the all the whatever the fuck else she does to it. And let's be fair. Resale, she's got to pay retail cost at Popeye's. So, give her a break. At the same time, uh, lady, that's illegal. <laughs> it's actually illegal to sell food from another restaurant as your own even if she said that it was Popeye's chicken it's illegal uh, that's just how restaurants work sorry I was a manager for a long time it is 100% illegal to pass off another establishment's food uh, because you didn't prep it and it becomes a contamination thing and yeah you can't <laughs> it, there's never mind that you know, Popeye's could probably sue the shit out of her there's, there's health code shit and there's, you know, restaurants and companies and crap like that. And she honestly, and I, I, I feel bad for her because she was just trying to, you know, put out the best thing she could. Well, she wasn't making it. You know, if she wanted to sit there and figure out how to rip off Popeye's chicken, fine. If she wanted to learn how to make fried chicken on a stovetop, fine. But there's no way she's going to, I really see there's no way she's going to bounce back from this because even if people stop, like don't fuss about it as much, chances are Popeyes will eventually take legal action or just the public outcry up to this point will probably get her shut down. She'll just have enough backlash. People will stop coming or whatever. It'll probably end up shutting down her restaurant, which kind of sucks. Um, just because it's somebody losing their business. But you know what would go great with a plate of chicken and waffles? Aren't you just loving these these transitions? Uh, <laughs> 65 pounds of grade A marijuana. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a stretch. Uh, <laughs> an Orlando couple was shocked to find 65 pounds of pot along with their order of storage containers from Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> that's right up there with that guy who donated a cooler to Goodwill that was that had like 60 pounds of pot in it. It how the fuck does this happen? I mean, never mind. I mean, did they get charged shipping on that because holy shit. <laughs> they ordered a bunch of storage containers like big plastic tubs and in said plastic tubs were a bunch of bricks of pot. And it, again, you pay for shipping costs. I hope they were getting these on Prime where they had free shipping because holy shit, nobody noticed when this went to UPS or FedEx or whoever, nobody noticed that this box weighed nearly a hundred pounds. Because with all the shipping, with all like the storage containers they ordered, plus 65 pounds of marijuana they're looking at probably you know near 80 pounds so like 80 pound box when it's just supposed to be some storage containers how the fuck many are they getting that it's like 80 pounds and this didn't red flag anybody the shipping cost on all of that weight probably was more than they paid for those boxes nobody got red flagged by this <laughs> but then still 
where did it come from? Obviously, it came from somebody in the warehouse. And right now, Amazon is working with the with the authorities and everything. Like, hey, well, we're you know doing our investigation. We're gonna find out who stashed a bunch of bricks of pot in this box. Because I I think in a lot of cases, many things that like Amazon warehouses do get pulled mechanically. So it's like somebody stashed their weed in the storage containers and then the machines pulled all the storage containers. I know there's like shit tons of people who work in the warehouses, but there's also machines. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's just what happened or somebody knew Tony was selling weed and they grabbed his shit and shipped it just to fuck with him. That'd be even funnier if it was just somebody, you know, middle finger to the jackass who was, you know, stashing his weed in the warehouse. Incidentally, there, there's a lot of Amazon warehouses out here in Phoenix. That's entirely possible. That could have gone through here if for no other reason than, you know, southern border of Arizona, big drug corridor, Amazon warehouses in Phoenix. Not that I'm saying they came from here, but I'm saying I'm there. I, I see a statistical probability. At the same time, they're in, they're in Florida and just as much drugs go through Florida. So yeah, maybe either way. I don't know if there's an Amazon warehouse in Florida, but yeah, fucking people. How, how do you misplace 65 pounds of pot and oops, accidentally ship it somewhere again, just like the dude who left his cocaine on the, the self checkout, just like the guy who donated a cooler full of pot to uh, goodwill. How do you misplace these large amounts of drugs? I, I just don't get it. <laughs> All right, now that we've had our fill of food news and vaguely food news, <laughs> let's do something completely different. It's time for the Jackass of the Week. A member of a Nigerian vigilante group shot himself to death during a new member or an initiation. He had been wearing a number of charms intended to protect him from gunshots. Obviously, they didn't work. So, I'm not one to really, you know, make fun of somebody's religion. Unless you're a Pastafarian, in that case, I'm just like, seriously, it's literally a made-up religion. Granted, it's, you know, the intent is parody. And, I'm, and you know, every religion has their, their charms and, you know, where you're wearing a cross or you're wearing a Star of David or you're wearing whatever, you know, religious symbol that you wear. I don't think anybody really believes that it will protect them from being shot. I'm pretty sure there are like voodoo priestesses and things that would rather not test whether their magic will keep them from being shot to death. So, I, you know, I, I really is for all of your belief and faith or whatever you may have. I don't think it's ever a good idea to personally test your bulletproof charms i think kevlar is still probably your best option especially when you're supposed to be the good guys at least if you're the you know government sanctioned vigilantes who are supposed to be stopping criminals and all that does it really help you to test that out because again what if it fails oh wait it did now you're dead like, shot yourself in the chest because you're, you just, 
you know, there's there's having faith and there's being stupid. And unfortunately, this guy landed on the wrong side of that coin. And I, I don't like making fun of when people die, but when people die for being stupid. You know, and he's not stupid for having faith. He's stupid for shooting himself. It's I I, I have to. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, uh, Mister Late Nigerian Vigilante Man, uh, but you are a jackass. Well, it's time for my last little promo break here, and when I come back. We will get ourselves reacquainted with a previous recommended listening feature. It's Epic Film Guy Nick and his new show, The Restaurant Podcast. Welcome to the Boondoggle Podcast. My name's Alex. And I'm Dimitri. And here at the Boondoggle, we are a comedy podcast created by two pals with dark humor to entertain the masses. Did you just finger guns me when you did that? Absolutely, Alex. Why would you do that? Because finger guns are the most genuine way to get your point across when you're trying to say something absolutely like irrelevant and not believable. I hate myself. Finger guns. Finger He's guns. Like, he really meant it. <laughs> this guy's for real. He's so genuine. Look at this guy. I appreciate that honesty. It's like, this guy, he's getting a promotion. He's like, what? Oh, my God. Finger guns the boss. He's like, God damn, you're my boss now. <laughs> you're my boss now. <laughs> Anyways. Tune in to us. Uh, you can hear us on a lot of sites. iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere pretty much. And be able to tune in every single Friday to hear what we have to say. Once again, signing off. My name's Alex. And I'm Dimitri. And this is the Boondoggle Podcast. The Epic Film Guys Podcast is a film comedy podcast with two best friends celebrating everything we love about going to the movies. We've got great beer, amazing guests, and quirky characters unlike anything you've ever heard before. Well, I just assumed you were drinking that chocolate stout that you were going to make with the cheapest crap chocolate ice cream <laughs> in a Miller Lite. I remember being a young man and my mother telling me I didn't have a name because I was illegitimate. I don't know what that word means. <laughs> Never be sorry on the Epic Film Guys podcast. Never be sorry. C- cut in, talk over. I'm sorry every time I finish up. doing an episode. I didn't hear that, Nick. Don't bring it up yet. I'm not supposed to come out till like the end of the episode. Subscribe to the Epic Film Guys on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, or your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you at the movies. Recommended listening. My name is Nick Haskins, and I love food. I love cooking with fresh ingredients and experimenting with exciting, bold flavors in my kitchen. I also love going out to restaurants for hearty, authentic dishes made with love and care. Sometimes, though, that's not what we get. Bland, watered down, overcooked. There's nothing worse than when a meal goes wrong. I'm a passionate, opinionated guy who's not afraid to tell it like it is. Join me on this culinary journey of rants, raves, and ridiculously good food. This is the Restaurant Podcast. So, 
the Restaurant Podcast is, you could say it's it's almost like the side passion project, because you can have more than one passion, uh, of Nick Haskins, uh, also known as Epic Film Guy Nick. And aside from being kind of a movie guy, he is also a foodie, much like me. I just don't rant about it much. Mostly here, I just kind of talk about my coffee. But um, and this is, I normally would not feature a show that is this new. Um, this week, he actually just released his second formal episode. Is technically the third. Uh, episode zero was kind of the, here's what the show's about. Here's what I'm going to, how, here's how it's going to be formatted and all those little things. Um much like Epic Film Guys, he has a here's what I'm drinking segment. Unlike Epic Film Guys, it, which is much more craft beer sort of stuff. In this case, it's more, he could be, he could be beer, it could be bourbon, it could be whatever he's drinking. He reviews a restaurant. He actually does kind of a live recording, kind of getting the ambiance and, and kind of talking through in a live sort of way, what he's called the, the table side segment at said restaurant. And, you know, goes through and basically rates the restaurant based on his experience there, the different, you know, the entrees, the soup, appetizers, all of that, and gives, you know, gives it an overall rating. And he also has a segment where he, not necessarily that he cooks, but he goes over a recipe because it's hard to cook in podcast form, but he goes over a recipe, uh, some of which are, you know, his kind of spins, you could say, on other recipes like, oh, this came from my friend's mom or this is uh, something I grew up eating and here's how I kind of changed it up a little bit, which I think anybody who's a, who's a foodie, anybody who is a home cook does that because, you know, a home cook can't leave a box of mac and cheese alone. Even if you you make the instant mac and cheese, you fuck with it. That's just, that's the foodie in you. Uh, and that's why I've gotten to the point where I just said, well, all partially for health and, and economic reasons, but I just fucking make my mac and cheese from scratch now. And, oh my God, it's so much better. Uh, in, in that same, along the mac and cheese line, in his episode zero, he actually went through his uh, buffalo chicken mac and cheese. And I'm not a fan of fucking with mac and cheese. I'm a mac and cheese purist. I grew up on box mac and I, I make something very similar, but you know what? It's still, you, even if you don't want to make it buffalo chicken, the fundamentals of making a solid scratch mac and cheese are there. And it's, it's just a nice change up from, it's, it's something different because it's something I, I don't normally listen to food shows. The only other food-ish show that I actually ever listened to was the Alton Brown cast. And out, because Alton Brown is, is the king of, of food nerds. Uh, I've got, I actually got quite a bit of Alton swag, <laughs> but. I, for me, it's that I'm actually listening because I don't do that. And I don't listen to a lot of food shows because they're, for the most part, it's like listening to a cooking show on, in audio format. You need to watch a cooking show. But in this case, the way he's doing it and how he's, you know, kind of attacking the thing. And like the show, the title kind of says, Restaurant. It is very much a, you know, to a certain degree, ranting and raving and bitching about restaurant issues and honestly i almost made that show i really did because 13 years as a restaurant manager you get a lot of shit to bitch about i could bitch about restaurant life for hours i spent half my life in restaurants and oddly enough nick hasn't 
he actually has no formal background in food. He just likes to cook and he appreciates food. And that's kind of his spin on this. And you don't have to have 13 years of, of restaurant experience to talk about food because that's the great thing about food. You just have to appreciate food. And when you appreciate food, you eventually learn how to make it. And you gain, you, like I said, you gain that certain sort of that feeling like, you know what you like, you know what you, you know, good food from bad food. And you, like everybody else, you develop your tastes and you like, you know, you like things a certain way. And he talks about anytime somebody has a French onion soup, that's what he's going to order. And he's going to judge that restaurant based on their French onion soup. And that's, you know, that's his preferences. That's his and food is subjective. Like so many things, you may absolutely hate everything he says. You may love the restaurant he goes to. You may love the French onion soup at the restaurant that he just ripped to pieces. That's you. That's your your take on it. This is his take. It's his show. Much like I say about this. It's my show. I can say what the fuck I want. It's his show. He can say what he wants. It is like any other reviewer, like any other critic, like any other human being. He has his opinions. And that's what this show is. It's his opinions and his views and his takes on food and restaurants and all these fun things. And it's it's definitely kind of, it's a good show. And like I said, I normally would not talk about a show that is this new. Because it doesn't matter that Nick has been podcasting for a few years now. It doesn't matter if that I've been podcasting for a few years now. Because when you start a new show... That show has to, you know, you, you've got to learn to walk again, basically. Every new show starts off with a little bit of hiccup. And I'm not, I, I will admit, episode zero, I was not thrilled about. I listened to it and I think it was, it was okay. But the three words jumped out to me when I listened to episode zero was epic food guy. And for me, that, that show, that episode was... Nick has not moved from Epic Film Guys into Restaurant yet. And it was very much, I mean, and a lot of it is just, you, when you've done something so long, you, you're still, he was kind of still in that, that mindset. You put him in front of the mic and he was still Epic Film Guy Nick. He was just talking about food. Um, for me, and I, and it's, it's a, it's a psychological thing for me, but I hear the same inflection. You talk the same way. You do a lot of the same things. And so a lot of his segments and a lot of the way he presented everything in episode zero, which is training wheels. Episode zero is always training wheels for any show, but it was, it was epic food guy. And I, but again, it's episode zero. You, it's a test. It's, 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 it's dipping your toes in the water. Episode one comes around and he's reviewing the number five restaurant and he's, he's got things a little more, he's, he's tightening things up. And the show is is tightening up and he's getting better and he's smoothing out some of those bumps and it is it, he still has some of that and he's I mean he's he is still Nick he is still epic film guy Nick and it doesn't matter where you put him he's always going to be Nick but he's definitely episode one and I haven't listened to episode two yet just because I don't work on the weekend he it's he wasn't epic food guy Nick in in episode one and. I'm really looking forward to getting around 
and listening to episode two this week, probably tonight for that matter, uh, because I do want to see the show grow and I do want to see it kind of develop and, and smooth out the rough edges. I believe he actually said he, he had a big hiccup in, in this episode that had to go back and get fixed, but that's just part of it. That's growing pains. And again, he's, it's his third episode of this show. This again, super new show, still kind of got the training wheels on a little bit, still working out some of the hiccups, but it's still at its core. It's a solid show. It's a good show. And it is definitely, especially if you live up in the Endicott, New York area, I think this is a hell of a resource because he's going to restaurants in his area at this point and reviewing them. And it gives you a good perspective on here's what you know these items are like. Maybe you want to know what the French onion soup is like because that's obviously his his thing. Um, so, you know, if... It, it's definitely a resource, much like so many other shows in that particular aspect. It is a super niche sort of thing because that's the area he lives in. These are the restaurants he will be reviewing. And then for that bigger audience, here's a recipe for, you know, again, the buffalo chicken mac and cheese or for, I believe this, he's got an apple crisp. He posted up a picture of some meatball subs the other day that I just, mm, I want to, I'm waiting for those. And so it's definitely, it's got those little kind of corner pocket bits and it's got those bigger, uh, wider audience bits. And so it's, I'm, I'm going to keep listening. And like I said, it's, 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 this is his third episode of this show. And he's got me at least intrigued enough to keep going, listening to a type of show I would not normally listen to. And that's just a tribute to Nick because he is a good host and he knows how to format a show well. And he's definitely, you know, giving this his all. And so I'm, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to keep listening and I want to keep hearing about, you know, maybe there's recipes he's going to come up with that I'm going to try out because I honestly think I'm probably going to try out those meatballs once I get around to them. And, I mean, if he had an apple crisp in there somewhere that, that I think I might, I've got a case of apples and pie gets boring. So I think I might just pop that one out pretty soon. But anyway, I've rambled on enough. I think this is the longest I've ever talked about a male hosted show. <laughs> Maybe because it's food. That's what it is. It's food. It's food and the ladies. That's apparently what gets me rambling on. But. Anyway, you can check out the Restaurant podcast. And for those of you who haven't caught on, it's spelled the same as restaurant at uh, restaurantpod.podbean.com or on your podcatcher of choice, including Apple Podcasts, of course. And follow him on Twitter at restaurantpod. Again, it's spelled just like restaurant. But that is going to do it for me this week. Remember, you can get all of the links to all of these weird news stories at odddadout.blogspot.com. And while you're there, click one of those little subscribe buttons up top, whether you're using Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, Stitcher, or whatever app you choose. Subscribe to the show and tell a friend about it. 
because like I always say, sharing is caring. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or you just want to tell me I suck balls, reach out to me odddadout at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at odddadout. Until next time, my twisted little children, thank you and good night.